Hi, everyone. This is Michele Graglia. This is Marianne Hogan. Hi, I'm Adrian McDonald. I'm Katie Asmet. Hi, this is Anthony Gasols. Hi, my name is Meg Morgan. Hey, it's Jordan Trofe. This is John Ray. This is Ryan Van Duzer, and you are listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Norm. And I'm Jody. And this is another Gotta Run Racing Podcast. all right before we get to our guest today what is happening in the world of ultra running well there's just this past weekend we were glued to the tv to watch black canyon and great performance by hayden hawks coming off a knee surgery crushing the course record indeed in different conditions too Snow on the ground, yeah. race delay, mud. <laughs> mud. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible, incredible performance. Sure was. And then Jupiter? Jupiter. From Mexico coming in second. Do you know how I knew that? Because it was kind of funny on the on the live stream if they weren't pronouncing it correctly. But you know how I knew that? Because mm-hmm. in Mexico, I'm Yodi. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's how you can never forget. That's right. So I had the inside tell on how to pronounce Jupiter, mm. but it was a very exciting finish. And not only that, today on the podcast, yeah, who, who do we have? Yeah, who is on the podcast today? Uh, you know, might have been the first place female, Rachel Drake. What? Yeah, very excited to get into speaking with her. But before we do, what's happening in the world of Gotta Run Racing? Well, our new website just went live and uncensored. <laughs> Gosh, I hope it's censored. (laughs) (laughs) And all our races are up and running. For registration, that's right. So if you head on over to gotterunracing.com, check out our new website, let us know what you think. It's Mm. a big departure from our last one, Mm -hmm. so we're really excited about it. And you can click on upcoming events. It'll take you over to Race Roster, and you can sign up for Lost Treasure, Rainbow Trail, and Island Lake Classic. All right, we will see you there. Sure will. And who did you say is on our podcast today? Oh, yeah. Remember? Rachel Drake. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel is 32. She lives in Portland, Oregon. She's a fairly new mom. She has her PhD in medical sciences, and her partner is ultra runner Tyler Green. Rachel has run with the Bowerman Track Club in Portland and earned a marathon personal best of 23528 at the California International Marathon in Sacramento this past December, which is well below Olympic trial standards. Yeah, wow. And she started 2024 off with a bang with a win at the Hong Kong 33K, which is the first World Trail Majors race of the year. And now with her win at Black Canyon, she's earned her golden ticket to the big show Western States in June. Wow, we're going to have lots to talk about. I think that's going to be her first 100-miler. Wow. So, well, let's find out. Without further ado, here is Rachel coming up. Well, welcome to the podcast and big congrats on winning Black Canyon <laughs> on not a very easy day with the mud conditions. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but before we get into Black Canyon, I also want to congratulate you on your Hong Kong win. Thank you. And you crushed that record by 40 minutes. What was that like? 
That was really fun. It's the terrain over there is a lot different from what I'm used to, but it was such a incredible experience, not just the race, but being in Hong Kong and getting to experience the culture and the the warm people over there. It was it was really incredible. It must have been tough to get acclimatized because that's a that's a pretty long flight, especially coming from the West Coast and the temperature wouldn't be I know it's not super hot at that time of year, but did you find it tough to get acclimatized for race day? Surprisingly, with the time difference, it wasn't so bad. We kind of lucked out on our flight because there was it was a pretty empty flight, so we had a lot of space to spread out and actually get some pretty good sleep. So nice. that helped. And then yeah, it was a lot warmer than what we're used to and I hadn't done any heat training before that race. It took a little bit of time, but we were able to get out on the course and experience the both the conditions in terms of the temperature and the humidity, but also the just the difference in terrain. So I felt I felt pretty prepared going into race day, considering all of that. That's great. What made you choose this race? It was purely because my husband wanted to do the 100K. And I said, if I'm coming with you, I want to get in on the action. So I emailed the race director and asked if I could get into the into the 33K. And they were kindly let me in. <laughs> that sounds familiar, eh, Norm? Yeah. <laughs> we have a little agreement that if he's picking a race internationally one year, then I get to pick the next one. Okay. So this is my year. So I, of course, picked one that wasn't on everyone's radar, but we're going to Slovenia in April. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> wow. Which race are you doing? It's called Ultra Trail Vivapa Valley. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it just looked like a really beautiful part of the world. And Slovenia is a relatively small country. So it'd be mm -hmm. fun to, we like to obviously attach it to a, a vacation, although we never do it in the right order. <laughs> we always do the race oh. at the end of the vacation, which is not. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've told Tyler, I said, you know, I want to go on a vacation sometime, someplace cool where we're not doing races. Because <laughs> I don't think we've ever done that where we <laughs> where we don't race. But no, but it's a fun way to see a country. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. I think she signed us up. Too many glasses of wine. <laughs> I didn't know about it for a week later. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. Speaking of international races, have you have you noticed a difference or can you pinpoint? Yeah. Can you pinpoint a difference that you would say between the organization of a race overseas versus in North America? Because we certainly have noticed differences, but I'm curious to hear from your standpoint being an elite. I think in terms of. Yeah, you you have a unique perspective as race directors, so I'm sure you're you're noticing things that I might not notice. The things that I tend to think about are what what's at the aid station. So, for example, in in Europe, it's oftentimes cheeses and yep. cured meats and that's not something that I'm used to eating while while running. I don't think I've ever seen potato chips at a, at a European trail race aid station, <laughs> but Coca-Cola is something that, that tends to be unanimously provided. Other things about race organization, I think most of the time courses are really well marked and that's not a country specific thing. It's more of a, a race specific thing. There've mm -hmm. been races in the United States put on by companies that I think don't do as good of a job 
marking the courses. But I think from my perspective, that's probably the most important thing <laughs> that a race could do. Yeah. Second to, to nothing else. And then, and then in terms of maybe this isn't race organization thing, but more of a cultural thing. It's just some places, the community seems a lot more involved in mm -hmm. the races. People are out cheering with their kids. That's something that I think is really cool and something you, more unique to Europe. We would agree with that 100% because we were at UTMB last year and Norm was mentioning how, you know, in the middle of the night, there would be these tiny towns and there'd be the whole town. I would love be it. Out. Yeah, I love it so much. The kids get to stay up past their bedtime <laughs> to cheer on the runners and the kids seem excited about it, too. Mm -hmm. I think that's something North America de can definitely work on because oftentimes, especially if there's any kind of road section in a race, the town are really not for it. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's other ways to get around that rather than being upset that they're coming through your area and you can't go down this road today instead of that right. road. Like, we got to work on that for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do remember hoping for homemade pie at the aid station, but I never, I never saw any. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> it was gone by the first thousand people at utmb <laughs> oh that's that's that'd be fun tyler did a race in italy and there was someone who was offering the runners tea throughout the night and he said oh yeah that sounds nice maybe i'll have some tea but then the but then the woman went back into her into her home that was up on some mountain and she's like okay i just need to boil the water and he said oh no, sorry i need to go <laughs> that's funny <laughs> that's funny all right, let's get into Black Canyon. <laughs> a little bit of a delay at the start with one inch of snow. And when we heard that being Canadian, we thought, that's nothing. What the, on it was a big deal. <laughs> what's, the, what's the big deal? That's that's just a regular day for us. But how did you handle the delay being two hours? Yeah, I think the the delay was more because the, the bus drivers, their contract, I guess, wouldn't allow them to drive in those wintry conditions. And I, I'm actually originally from Minnesota, so I'm used to the snow and I, I ran in college and did all my running outside pretty much all throughout the winter. So I, I'm okay running in the snow. When we heard that the race was pushed back, I actually, I hadn't been looking at my phone because I was just trying to, to sort of get in, get in the zone. And my, my husband, Tyler said, the race is pushed back two hours. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I just, I just got a text and then I checked it and we just went back to bed. Mm. I had already done a couple of things. I had eaten about half my breakfast and braided my hair and put on my anti-chafe stuff. So I just sort of put my pajamas back on and fell right back asleep. Amazingly. Wow. That's which I think is really interesting because normally when I wake up on race morning, I'm already I'm already kind of, I can feel my nerve. adrenaline starting. Yeah, my nerves. I can feel it starting to starting to come on. So I'm really, really glad that I was able to fall back asleep and then just do it all over again in a couple hours. It's funny you mentioned that because Becca said exactly the same thing. And, and my comment was, wow, like to be that relaxed, to be able to go back to sleep, I think speaks to your performance on the day because that, mm -hmm. As you said, normally you wouldn't be able to do that. So that's an interesting mm -hmm. note. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did run the 60K before, so you do know the course. 
Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, because of the hype, did you take off like a 5K race or did you hold back? <laughs> I think I held back. I I felt really calm and relaxed just from the second the gun went off, or I don't even know if it was a gun, but the second the race started, I felt really relaxed and found myself in a group of a big group of women. I think Heather and then Anna McKenna, an Australian woman, they were they were up ahead maybe 10 feet or so for a little while. And it was one of those things where you think, yes, I could take a few quick steps and just be right there, but it's way too early for that. So <laughs> I'm just going to stay as calm as I can and try to try to move well without exerting myself too much. So did you get into your rhythm pretty quickly, would you say? Yes and no. I think on the road before we got got into the mud, it was easy to just let the miles slide by. But then as soon as we got on the mud, it was I don't think anybody was really finding rhythm in that just because it was pretty slow going and just mm-hmm. you had to stay really engaged because it was also hard to tell what was mud and there were rocks kind of mixed in. I know a lot of people rolled their ankles. So you just had to be be pretty focused through that section. Yeah, I can imagine. And I I would think because it's sandy too, that's the kind of mud that is really sticks to you. Stick, like it's gloopy. <laughs> yeah, actually Tyler ran the first 20 miles the day before the race to to get some information on the conditions and he he had mud sticking to the bottoms of his shoes maybe an inch or so. So I was fully prepared for that. But interestingly enough, we nobody really that I've talked to and I myself didn't experience that. So it didn't it didn't stick as bad as I thought it would. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So how are you feeling at the 50 mile mark? And what position were you in by Table Mesa? At the 50 mile mark. Yeah. Jumping right to 50 oh, miles. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, that's when the race starts. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I was thinking too, but I felt like the race started back back at Black Canyon City when Becca caught up to me. Oh. But if you yeah. If you want to talk about Table Mesa, I was feeling like kind of fire in my belly, like ready to ready to go. I knew that Becca was super close and I wanted to make it a really quick stop. So I got what I needed and grabbed my second pacer and just tried to tried to keep pressing as much as I could. That's true, because the Becca did mention that you guys got into Table Mesa at the same time. I think she was she was maybe twenty seconds back. Mm. I don't think the the elastic had quite snapped on the gap between the two of us, but we were yeah, we were extremely close right there. So you knew that she was kind of gaining on you? And then do you have an extra gear at that point? Well, actually, we had been running together prior to that for about 20 miles. So when I mentioned Black Canyon City, she she caught up to me there at mile 37. And we ran together pretty much all the way into Table Mesa. Maybe a mile out from Table Mesa, there was a creek crossing. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite side of the creek, there was a really slippery bank that you had to climb up to get out of the creek. And I had run that section a few days prior. So I knew that mud was extremely slippery. So when I climbed out, I grabbed onto this prickly little bush to help me get out. And Becca, I guess this was on the live stream. I guess she slipped back into that creek. And so right there, I put 
I don't know, maybe 10 seconds on her after running together for 20 miles. Wow. And then my my pacer caught up to me and I thought it was her. So I said, yeah, girl. And he said, it's me. <laughs> and he said, hey, she's she's a little bit back. But if you want to try to make a move right here, I think it's a good idea. Mm. So I tried to push a little bit harder just to just to distance myself a little bit more from her. So by the time we got into Table Mesa, I was I was maybe 20 seconds ahead of her. Rather than her catching up to me, it was me putting this the tiniest little gap on her. <laughs> so do you prefer that being chased or would you rather do the chasing? Typically, I like to do the chasing, I think, but it's tough because you want to, if you're feeling good, you want to capitalize on that. You don't want to hold back. And I think at that point, I was just doing the best that I could in the moment. So yeah, it was really exciting. And I think it's good for the sport when we have these really, really close races. It's much more fun to watch than someone just blowing it out of the water and running, you know, hours faster than the second place person. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And to backtrack just a minute here. When did you take the lead? Because I know there was some jostling at the beginning there with Heather and, and as you said, Anna. But when did you actually take the lead? Going back to Black Canyon City, I was in second place. I think Heather was, I, I calculated her to be about six minutes ahead of me because there was a little out and back section. So I glanced at my watch when I passed her and I remembered the cactus that we were near. And then I glanced back at my watch when I ran past that. And I think she was about six minutes ahead there. So Becca and I worked together on the climb out of Black Canyon City. It's about a thousand, thousand foot climb. Mm. We passed Heather maybe three quarters of the way up that climb. And actually Becca, Becca passed me on that climb, maybe halfway up. And then I just stuck right behind her. And then the two of us together, we passed Heather. And Heather, and then Becca was in the lead all the way through Cottonwood Gulch aid station at mile 46. Mm -hmm. And I tried to make that a really quick aid. I just grabbed some water, didn't stop very long. And I, I actually passed Becca at that aid station. So I guess technically... I didn't lead the race until Cottonwood Gulch at mile 46. Okay. But I, you can't really call it taking the lead because Becca was still right there. I mean, she she could have very easily been in the lead if she wanted to. She could have just run right past me, I'm sure. So we were still working together at that point. I would say we were sharing the lead. And then maybe more definitively taking the lead when I made the move in that at that creek crossing about a mile out from Table Mesa. So maybe mile 50 or so. Okay. Mm. All right. I, I loved what you said. We I read a quote in Outside Magazine where you, you said just that. You were hammering together for a really long time. You're just in it together. And in those moments, you feel it really strongly. It felt really collaborative. I was mm -hmm. running a lot harder than I wanted to, but it didn't feel antagonistic. And Becca was forcing me to get the most out of myself. And you're grateful for that. And I... Mm -hmm. I think that that's such a awesome thing to be hearing from you guys that are obviously everyone wants to win the race that's in it for that, right? And you're all going for the golden ticket. But at the same time, you are encouraging each other, lifting each other up, and the best runner on the day wins the race. So mm -hmm. I love hearing that spirit that you have. And I think that that's 
so awesome. And I hope that it continues throughout the sport and more people feel that way because it's just so great to hear about that. <laughs> hey, guys, if you like what you're hearing so far, then check this out. Calling all trail runners to come on out to Mansfield, Ontario this May. The Lost Treasure Trail Race features both the 5 and 10K on the beautiful trails of the Mansfield Outdoor Center. As the story goes, the American outlaw Jesse James buried a barrel full of gold coins stolen from a train on his relative's property somewhere in the hills of Malmer. You'll earn your very own coin medal when you cross the finish line. Registration is now open. For more info, go to gotterunracing.com. Now back to Jody and Norm. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I think, I mean, there's no way that I run the time that I ran, which was, I think, two minutes off course record if Becca hadn't been pushing me. I think it's really, really special to to know that you gave your best. And, you know, you always want your competitors to come into a race at their best and to perform their very best because it forces you to do the same. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really grateful for Becca for all her amazing energy and for, for making me run a lot harder than I wanted to. And that's one thing at international races, you don't necessarily know who your competitor is going to be, right? Unless you've really done your homework. <laughs> that's, that's true. But I think there's, the sport is so international that I, I know a lot of the international competitors. A lot of them are now my friends. So mm -hmm. that's that's a really fun thing for me about trail running that, yeah, maybe at first I didn't know a lot of the people that I was racing against, but now I think I have a better idea. And And though there's a language barrier, I think there's still encouragement and some communication that goes on out there. So mm -hmm. that's fun. So what was going through your mind when you crossed the finish line and you're handed that big giant check <laughs> western <laughs> i was really happy to be done i thought you were gonna say you were handed that big giant baby because my <laughs> my dad handed my son off to me about 30 feet before the finish line <laughs> but yeah i was just really happy to be done and relieved and yeah i i was i was thrilled to have to have gotten a golden ticket to western states now that Western States would be your first 100 miler, is that right? Yep. And uh, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm excited. You know, I always said I think I need to I need to have a baby before I run 100 miles and now I've I've done that and I'm I'm excited to see what the new uncharted territory is like. <laughs> what are you most looking forward to at Western States? I I've been to Western States. I think four times now. My husband has run it four times and I've paced him in several of those. And even before he got into Western States, we we drove out and ran on the course. And I think it's just, I have so many memories sprinkled throughout that area just to, and this is the same as it was for Black Canyons. I'm just excited to have a spectacular day with really a lot of my friends who are running the race. I'm excited to make those memories and also be reminded of of past memories that that have been made on the course with my friends and family. And both you and Tyler are racing the same day. So who who's on baby duty again? <laughs> my parents and I think maybe my brother and his wife are going to come. So, yeah, my parents have been very supportive of of our racing and they've come to a lot of 
a lot of races with us, including they came to Europe with us this summer and to the Canary Islands. Tyler ran Trans Grand Canaria. Oh, nice. They, yeah, they're amazing. And it's great because it allows us to really focus on focus on the racing. Do they still live in Minnesota? They do. Yeah. Yeah. So at any baby time they can get, I'm sure they're grateful for you. They probably tell you to race every month. <laughs> yeah. They actually watched Lewis in Minnesota for two weeks while we were in Hong Kong. So yeah, they, they love the little guy. <laughs> now you mentioned that you wanted to have a baby before you ran a hundred miler. Was there anything after having a baby that was unexpected that maybe changed your training or how you felt after long runs? I'm curious. Yeah, it was really difficult coming back to running postpartum. I thought I had done everything right. I found a world-class physical therapist that works with Olympians who are trying to return to competitive running. I thought that I was eating a lot. I thought I was taking a more calculated approach and being conservative, but I did end up getting a pretty serious injury. I had a a stress fracture in my sacrum, mm. which these these bony injuries are very common postpartum because your bones get weaker with breastfeeding. Right. Mm. And I I breastfed for a year. I after I had that injury, I continued to breastfeed, but in my return to running, I kept my volume very low. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ran more than I ran kind of between 40 and 50 miles a week after that while I was still breastfeeding. And I ran OCC, the 55 kilometer distance at UTMB Mm -hmm. with that kind of low volume training. And then even and then in September, I stopped breastfeeding and started training for the California International Marathon, a, a road marathon. and. I knew that after stopping breastfeeding, it would take about six months for my bone density to recover. Right. And I'm I'm not yet at six months. Six months will be in March next month. So okay. even in my training for Black Canyons, I wanted to keep my volume really low mm-hmm. just to make sure that I didn't suffer another stress fracture. For sure. Well, that that's something that women face with bone density as they approach peri and menopause too, yep. which yep. I never actually made the connection to until recently because I had a stress fracture in my tibia in my mid to late forties. And it just dawned on me a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. I thought, oh, I wonder if that's because it yep. was peri and didn't know yep. I was peri. I, I think I, I was past peri before I even knew I was in Perry, because you just, mm-hmm. the symptoms that you have, you just write them off to so many different things because there's not one conclusive thing that happens to you. Yeah. So it's yeah. So interesting. The the hormone profiles of postpartum and, and menopause and perimenopause are very similar. I had a friend who was in perimenopause that had something similar happen. And we talked a ton on the phone as we were both injured. Mm-hmm trying to kind of troubleshoot and optimize. And just another thing I want to say about about postpartum running is, and I guess being a, a mother who's also a competitive athlete, is just that I think in media, we love to celebrate and talk about strong moms and mom power, mom strength. And that really, I think, does a disservice to the challenge that 
going through childbirth and and all the things that come with being a mom, it it makes it look like so attainable and <laughs> you don't nobody is asking you to come on podcasts when you get a stress fracture 6 months postpartum. Like right. we're we're celebrating this now, of course, but I it makes me kind of sad because when I was in that position, I was seeing all of these mothers winning races and doing really well. And I just wanted to be that and get there so quickly. Right. And we just don't, we don't talk about how hard it is. And I think it's really isolating when you're in that spot, when you're a mom and you think, why can't I be, why can't I have mom strength? What's wrong with me? I'm getting injured. This is really hard. I'm tired. I'm hungry. So just if you're a mom in that position and you're suffering, just know that you're not alone and that it's normal to to struggle. We just don't talk about it because it's not as fun, I guess, as talking about <laughs> winning races. Right. Uh, and to your point, the previous generation didn't talk about it at all. They right. just they just pretended like, yeah, you have the mom struggles, but I'm not supposed to complain. Mm-hmm. So although we are now in a position where we're seeing that Instagram picture of everything being perfect, at the same instance, from my experience, my girlfriends and I, we talk about menopause a lot, which Good. is great. We still have that struggle of here's the perfection and this is reality, but at least we yeah. are having those conversations. And I think that's huge to helping the next generation too. So yep. I think you're right. Yeah. We should talk about it as much as we possibly can. And thank you, Norm, for sitting here during this conversation. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's important. It's important for Norm and all the men listening to understand this too, because I'm sure you have women in your lives, your sisters, partners, yeah, friends. That yeah, I think it's. And I, I understand that it's uncomfortable, but. I tell Tyler this all the time, like, it's really important that we talk about this because he's a coach and he coaches women and he's interested and eager to understand these things that we go through. So, right. Well, this is the reason why we have this podcast. We're always learning. (laughs) We're always talking. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, back to Western States. Who would you look forward to running against or competing against at Western States? Because it's going to be such an incredible feel the women yeah. like it was last year. <laughs> yeah, everyone. I I can't pick a single one, but one that I'm particularly excited to spend some time with hopefully is Esther Tilog. Yes, yes. Um, we had her on our podcast. Amazing. I'll have to listen to that. Yeah. I and that's because I I met her when we were in Hong Kong and just really love her and She's just an incredible person and now a good friend and not someone that I will get to see very much because we live very far away. (laughs) I'm hoping that we get to share some miles together. Yes. When she did, well, we had her on a week after Western States last year and it it was just an incredible time for women. and, And she was saying that the media had no choice but to look at the women because it was, it was completely woman dominated and what the women did especially what courtney did mm-hmm. but nevertheless it, it was a woman's year yeah and she had such a tough time at utmb being sick and i don't even know that she completed 10k i think she stopped pretty quickly mm-hmm. so this I'm, year this yeah. this year well last year yeah yeah, yeah last year so. yeah or yeah last year <laughs> yeah yeah 
So yeah. we're excited for her too because she seems mm-hmm. like a really genuinely sweet person and a mom. <laughs> she really is. She's incredible. And she's a, she's an art history PhD yep. as well. Yeah. Yep. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now with the the new World Trail Majors organization coming out, there there is a Canadian race in there and I don't think you've done any Canadian races. So how about think maybe have. thinking about checking out one of our big events? Yeah, that'd be great. I'm I'm totally open to it. Especially in BC. I'm sure that that would seem like a second yeah. home to you in terms of the trails and conditions. So yeah. any reason why you guys haven't raced in Canada yet? I was thinking about doing Whistler Alpine Meadows a few years ago, and it just didn't quite work out with our schedules. Yeah, there's no no reason we haven't. We actually went to Squamish for our honeymoon. Oh, wow. We were supposed to go to Bali, and the night before we were going to fly out, we said, we don't even like the beach. Let's do something <laughs> else. And we just drove up to, well, first we went to Eastern Oregon, went camping there, and then we went to went to Squamish and ran around there. So we love it. It's <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. The night before you decided against Bali? Yeah, we had our bags packed and everything. And I think I, think I said, so do you like how excited are you about this he's like (laughs) (laughs) he's like i'm glad you said something because it just doesn't feel right and i was like yeah i don't even what are we gonna do there like where are the trails (laughs) we don't like the beach (laughs) (laughs) well not that the beach but we just don't like laying on the beach right Right. exactly yeah. That must have been a quick repack then because the, the clothing's not the same. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we haven't been to Squamish, but of course, we, we know from Gary Robbins that it's the place to be. But if you're if you want to check out something other than BC, Quebec would be the place to go. But very technical trails and they have Quebec Mega Trail, which is now part of the WTM. But anyways, awesome. we always... We always goad our American guests into saying, come on, guys, you got to come to Canada. We're your closest neighbor. What's up? Yeah, that sounds great. I feel like I'm I'm maybe also like 10% Canadian just being from Minnesota, like, you know, similar accent. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Oh, man. For sure. Well, this has been awesome, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us. We loved hearing about your black canyon experience and of course we'll be following western states very closely but before we let you go we'd like to do a little rapid fire it's just some fun questions to end off the pod so hope you don't mind sure (laughs) all right let's get into it would you rather be a professional writer painter or musician painter painter oh we don't get that one very often I mean, that wasn't Becca's answer. What was hers? Uh, no, no, no. You have to listen. I'll to have to listen. I'll have to listen. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, cotton candy. Oh, oh, that's a good one. Okay. Mm. All right. What's another sport you'd like to excel in? Kite surfing. Oh, that would be fun. Are you superstitious? No. No? Not at all? No. no. Okay. <laughs> If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to and why? I would like to, well, if I could be a little older, I'd like to go back to like right before I was born 
because I my grandpa passed away 10 days before I was born. So oh. I never got to meet him. So I could go back to then or maybe even a little bit before then when my grandpa was younger. Oh, that'd be nice. nice. Yeah. 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 To see. Yeah, that'd be amazing. What's your favorite go-to meal after a big effort, big race? Like cheese and carbs, I would say. Maybe quesadilla or grilled cheese. Or at least that's what was hitting the spot right after Black Canyons. That <laughs> or some sort of just really calorically dense drink, like a smoothie or... Mm. Yeah. Love it. Mm. All right, Norm. Pick a superpower you'd like to have. <laughs> a superpower. Speak any language. Oh, we've never had that. That would be super powerful. That would be amazing. <laughs> How many languages are there in the world? I don't know, but to just be able to pull one off at the top of your head, that would be amazing. Any language, mm -hmm. even in any language, Latin, any Latin, Latin, Latin or um, indigenous languages indigenous? that have no yep. writing. I think it'd just be cool to be able to instantly communicate with anyone anywhere. I love that. That is my favorite answer. You blew us away on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. We really appreciate you. your time today. Thank you so much. This was really fun. All the best for your training for Western. We'll be watching. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that was Rachel Drake, fresh off her win at Black Canyon. Yes, indeed. Golden ticket winner to Western States, the big show. I think I've said this before, but I'd love to know the percentage of elites that go to Western with a golden ticket that have never run a hundred miles. <laughs> I think it's becoming more common because, yeah, a hundred miles is a is a put a lot of stress in the body. So do a hundred k further the career. Mm -hmm. Good point. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm telling everyone that I know. So don't do hundred mile after hundred mile like I did. Do hundred k's. 100Ks. <laughs> Get your tickets, then do your 100 mile. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I also love the fact that her and Becca stuck together and had some sort of game plan. I don't think it was spoke of, but hey, we're here together. Let's climb this hill together. Let's right. let's become one and two or stick together. See what happens. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah, you, yeah. you have push me, I push you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rather than, like she said, leading the race outright and not having that push it's yeah it's uh less interesting for sure when that happens but well, it was great to see that unfold mm, definitely and, that, that, and that's definitely what's going to happen at western states the west oh, for sure the women in incredible fields was happening which will happen at western but they're all going to be pushing each other which is what the sport is all about you got it i also like her comments on the struggles that she had postpartum and the fact that she wants to talk about it and let other women know that it was a struggle it continues to be but the more we talk about it the better it is for people to deal with it and life is not instagram perfect that's true that's true anyways we'll be excitedly watching this power couple tyler green and rachel drake at western states along with all the other people that will be there mm -hmm. definitely won't be leaving the house that weekend and who are we chatting with tomorrow? Tomorrow we've got the third place female, Lauren Peretz. Wow, <laughs> just keep on moving along. Well, we like to talk to people that haven't necessarily been on our radar. Mm. Obviously, Rachel has been because we're familiar with her, but Becca and Lauren, not as of yet. So no. it's exciting to see these new 
runners on the scene for us and to follow them because inevitably once they hit western they're a household (laughs) (laughs) and if you like this episode hey please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to our your podcast thank you until next time cheers bye